Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus. Through this series, we speak to higher education thought leaders about the trends, ideas, and opportunities that are shaping the future of this industry and pick their brains for best practices and advice that leaders can apply to their own institutions. On today's episode, Connor O'Sullivan, the Executive Director of Continuing Education at Lone Star College, sits down with Illumination host Amr Alawalia to discuss the role continuing ed plays in driving the community engagement mission for the modern community college, and how to create visibility and measure the impact these programs play in driving community development and growth. Well, Connor, thank you so much for joining us on the Illumination podcast. It's great chatting with you. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the topics that you and I have spoken about a few times in the past, uh, certainly at the the NSET conference that we were at in Austin, was this idea of of the role that continuing education divisions play in starting to execute on a community engagement mission. You know, I know you and the team at Lone Star are doing some really amazing work in the community. Why are continuing ed leaders in general so focused on supporting community engagement and development? So I think continuing education has a very good set of strengths that put us in a good spot for community engagement. Um, Because at least with my department, we work a lot with fast track training, with entry level workforce training, you can finish in less than a semester, and then with high school equivalency and uh, English as a second language and leisure programs uh, for youth and seniors, we are in a lot of different spots with a lot of different people. Uh, and it pairs very well with a lot of the nonprofits and community-based organizations out there that are trying to do work in this space to help those communities, whether it's with workforce development, whether it's with education development, whether it's adult basic education is what we might call it. So there is a lot of seams where we meet with them and we can, our services pair very well with their services or just with things that people, whether it's business leaders as well, in the community want or need. They want something, hey, we need this, we need it now, we don't have this right now. Who can start that quickly? When you're dealing with maybe an accredited program at at a two-year institution or four-year institution, that takes time. But when you're dealing with continuing ed, you can do that in a matter of weeks or months, potentially. Uh, And then there's a lot of, even within that, you know, it's, it's not just someone needs their GED or someone needs to learn English. We also want them to have a good career and a good paying job. So a lot of those can be paired up, or maybe we have students coming to GED class in the AM and then going over to our plumbing lab in the afternoons, Uh, something like that, where they're doing both at the same time. We have some bilingual programs. There's just a lot of really creative things we can do uh, to meet these needs in the timeframes and the locations that uh, the demand is there for. Really interesting because as you kind of look across the the spectrum of the the offerings, as you were just kind of naming them off, there's there's such a diversity to the kinds of, of audiences that you're serving, the kinds of programs that you're doing. As you think about sort of the mission of, of the community college, the mission of continuing education, like are the two effectively symbiotic at this point, or is there still sort of a particular slant to continuing ed that brings home the the broader mission of, of the college? You know, I was just telling my group the other day, our curriculum team that we do every semester, that my, my vision for the, the group is that we really are the, you know, the welcome mat for the school, that we get people here and get them a taste of what college can be with the intent of orienting our programs or at least informing students as to what could be waiting there for them beyond at the rest of the college, whether in our two-year programs, our credit certifications, or our bachelor programs we have now. Mm-hmm. But 
we really take seriously, I would say that that word community and community college, right? We really are focused on not just doing training for the sake of training or for meeting guidance in, you know, what might be uh, how most credit certification have to be built with. And we want to make sure, at least in my programs, a lot of times I want to make sure that the program is as long as it's necessary for quality education and, and for the student to get a job, uh, but as short as possible so that the student can save time, save money, um, and get to their next point in life as soon as they can. You know, there's some factors within that. We do want to make sure that students are leaving Lone Star College as a example of what fast-track workforce education can be. We want them going out into the community and they're saying, oh, wow, they really knew what they were talking about. They really knew what we were doing. So there's a balance there, right, between length of education and uh, type of education with, you know, lab versus lecture versus clinical. You know, our labs are a lot more costly than just putting students in the classroom and talking at them. But we want to really find something that's going to meet the needs of especially the high growth, high wage industries in, for us, that's the greater Houston area. Uh, and then also meet those community needs when it comes to things that are really at the forefront, you know, and there's a lot we can talk about in terms of what we did during COVID or uh, what we've done with base, basic uh, shortfalls in the job market and where we've, done, where we've gone there and tried to orient stuff to where it needs to be in the moment. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, it is kind of amazing thinking about the, the impact that continuing ed division started to play as, as we went through the pandemic, because the um, coupled with the, the massive unemployment, the, the foundational shift in the labor market, did you find that the role your division was playing started to evolve as you guys got sort of deeper and deeper into the pandemic? Yes. And, and I'd say we really, I don't think, especially with the unique way continuing ed is set up at Lone Star College, and, and maybe it's not unique for every, every school, but we've centralized continuing ed. A lot of times, in a multi-campus system like Lone Star, and there's a lot of systems like this throughout the country. Uh, Lone Star itself has seven campuses and about 14 satellite centers. Um, continuing Ed is a little bit different at each campus. Um, and they're, they're operated a different way. Sometimes they might have Continuing Ed at one or two campuses. Sometimes they don't, might have it just at the central office and they work through other ways. We have a, a Continuing Ed director at each of our campuses. I'm the executive director over them and they each have their own office staff and adjuncts and instructors. And because of that, we were able to respond to some workforce needs pretty quickly. Uh, a good example I would give of something that um, I just don't think we could have done is just some more of these special projects that were COVID related that came up. Um, in 2020, uh, around September, we were notified by Harris County, which is the county Houston resides in, that they wanted to do a project called the Harris County Back to Work Project. And they worked with a consortium of fast track training providers around the city to you know, request proposals. Hey, how could you do, if you're given certain resources, we wanted to do, do everything for these students. We want the, the program to be no cost to the students. It includes books, it includes supplies. It includes you know, everything they need, um, such as paperwork, documentation, shot records, things like that. And we had a timeline of about we got the proposal on a Friday. We got the, we went to the meeting on a Friday about what they wanted to do, and we turned in a proposal on a Monday. All right, uh, a lot of phone calls went that Saturday. A lot of spreadsheets got made throughout the day, um, but we were ready with a plan that following Monday. And around September fifteenth, we I think we had about a week or about a week to plan marketing. We had this, the that marketing go out on I think it was a Tuesday in September. I think it was the fifteenth. 
And then October 1st, 100 students started. And then October 8th, another 100 students started. And so that's how quick we could go. And we started these students in 18 programs across seven campuses all over the North Harris. Uh, and almost every single precinct for Harris County, almost every single zip code in Harris County had students coming from it. Um, but to go on to that, though, what, what we did there, we, we trained, we had, we, had a, we had a target of 210 students, okay? Mm -hmm. We found that we were, after we started the first two groups in early October, um, that we still had a, some, we still had some funds left over, and we still had a lot of interested students. I mean, we had over a thousand students contact us about this opportunity. So we went and opened up about five or six additional classes in several different areas, and we ended up hitting a 260 students in the program, even though we were only budgeted for 210, because we found the way to do that. I mean, that's just a good, you know, microcosm of what, hey, this is, it's our job to do this. We need to do this for the community. Um, and hey, we met our metrics, but let's keep going. There's still time, there's still money, there's still, there's still students in need. And, you know, that's just kind of what we're, what we do as a community college is we want to be there uh, to support the workforce needs and community needs of, of our area. Well, you know, as you start to think through the, I guess the challenges, the obstacles. I've always been amazed by, again, the, the diversity of audiences that a continuing ed division serves, the diversity of needs that folks bring with them uh, to the campus that continuing ed unit has a responsibility to address or to support. I mean, what are some of the obstacles you face when it comes to delivering this community mission at scale? So at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to cost. So that is a big deal. A lot of times CE is going to be more expensive than credit. You know, credit is going to be CE. We're trying our revenues to equal our expenses. And, you know, we pay our instructors very well here at Lone Star College. They're skilled instructors. They're out of industry. Um, and so they know what they're doing and they can guide students on how to follow in their footsteps. But there still is a cost associated with that. And so and because they're, they're compressing their training into a semester, you know, even though the training might be less than what they're going to pay at community college over two years, well, now you're paying it all at once. And so it's, it's, it's tough, right? That's tough for a lot of students. So that's, that's a limitation in cost. But we, we have a lot of very generous programs, at least in Texas. The number one is the Texas Public Education Grant, which can discount those classes up to 75% of students that can qualify um, as, as showing need or low income under, through a FAFSA, Okay. So really what I tell and what I tell a lot of the groups are is we need people to know this is here and to know that there's this, these, these great jobs waiting for them if they can come here because we're, we're actively seeking more uh, students that will be able to meet that low income need. And so if they're willing to come here and go to school um, and it really doesn't matter if it's CE or credit, school is hard. So even then, you know, it, it, there, there are barriers there beyond just school, um, you know, beyond just, excuse me, financial, it's, it's childcare, it's transportation, it's rent. I mean, there's other things that make school just unreachable for some, and we can only help with so much of that. We work pretty well with a number of uh, community-based organizations to help try to fill in those gaps. In fact, we have a really great project we're working on now uh, with a nonprofit in the Houston area that wants to take foster students, and they have gone and found uh, six weeks of housing for them and a church to provide childcare and uh, a bus to go pick them up and take them to class. And they've even donated a lab uh, for us to use and do basic automotive training in six weeks or less to, to get students a job um, doing oil changes and tire rotations and things like that. So there's, there's all these neat things we can do 
but it really is working with those groups to find where are these students? Because a lot of times you're an adult learner. When, when you're in high school, you're easy to find, right? You're in high school. Mm-hmm. We know where the schools are. But when they go to become what we call adult learners and they've transitioned on into uh, now they're 21, they're 22, um, you know, our average age of our students over 30, then we don't know where they are all the time. And they don't know where, where they might be thinking, yeah, I don't like this job. I want to make more. I don't enjoy this career. I want to do something else. They might not know that community college has this, right? They might be thinking, oh, I need to go to a, a vocational school or a technical institute or something. Not realizing that community colleges over the country, we're doing this. We're doing this right now. We have these state-of-the-art labs that we train them in. Um, and we're talking directly to a lot of employers to these great advisory councils to find out, yes, they need to do this. No, they don't need to do this. Um, my experience at a four-year institution was, wasn't where I didn't, didn't really feel like they were trying to find me jobs and didn't have a lot of employers invited into the classroom. I have a class of mechanical technicians right now that they've had four or five employers come visit. There's only, there's only a handful of students in that class that don't have work right now and they haven't finished mm-hmm. the class yet. Um, so we really care about that and trying to, you know, actively do student job placement, prepare them for interviews, develop their resumes, but it's, I don't think they know that, right? They're out there, the adult learners are out there and they don't know that there's something here very, very close to them that could provide them with that. And if they're low income, we can provide them with that financial support as well. Well, you know, one thing that you and I've spoken about as well, and I think it's a common challenge is the idea of how to create visibility or understanding around the impact of continuing ed. Cause it's, you know, when you look at things like how a community college's success is generally measured, how any higher ed institution's success is generally measured is, is graduation rate. And we know in so many ways that that's not indicative of the work a, a, a community college does. But for a continuing ed division, it, it's even a, a step back from that. And that, you know, how do you and your team go about measuring the impact of programs that are designed to support community development and growth? You know, graduation rate plays a factor, enrollments play a factor, but, you know, enrollments are kind of, if you, if you set up a six class program, well, now you have six enrollments, right? You know, we, we look at really, I like to look a lot at unduplicated headcount and just how many students were impacting. And then the actual contact hours of that class helped me too, because, you know, typically there's a good correlation between, uh, you know, a 32 hour training program, what, what you graduate with 32 hours of training is not going to be commiserate to what you, what you get and can do when you graduate a 320 hour training program. So there's a balance there. And actually my annual goal, I'd say either headcount or contact hours, I want us to be getting students into more quality programs, but also want to be impacting more students. So that, you know, we like we do a project with one of the local school districts where we train parents in ESL and GED. And we have almost 300 people taking that right now. I go, that's a good use of our time. We're impacting 300 people um, through that, even though it's a short contact hour class. You know, at the same time, we have some classes where uh, they're very high quality, but we actually go to Fort Bliss, El Paso to teach them. Uh, so that's something where we do, it's a really high quality class. Okay, this is worth our time. This is a really high quality class. It's training for a job uh, in SAP that's going to you know, pay them about 80000 a year, at least. So, But then what's, what's really cool what we do is, is Lone Star College is actually, I'm not sure I'm using the right phrase, but I think it's subcontracted or contracted with the uh, Harris County Economic Development. Uh, there's, there's a word here I'm missing. It's funny. They're actually right next door to me right now. I could go grab our analysts and ask her, hey, what are all the titles? What do you do? Because we have a senior analyst that's actually about 20 feet away from me right now. Um, and she used to be actually a director in CE, um, so knows all this stuff. You know, she's great. But um, we we go out there and 
we actually measured this. Like Lone Star College's mm-hmm. total economic impact on uh, the greater Houston area is, is around, I believe, $4.2 billion. And I'm sure Whoa. there's a number on our website that's going to say otherwise. I'm pretty sure off the top of my head. Don't fact check this, That's folks. the number. Okay. All right. Please, please <laughs> bear with me here. Right. I can go. I know they're not, I know next door. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we measure our total economic impact as a yeah. college in the billions of dollars. You know, yes, it's the students that are impacted, but we look at, we're, we're not doing programs anymore that we don't see value in. And that's another thing is there's really, and I wish I could give you a hard number. I can give you a hard number for economic impact. Um, and we can see the impact that these students' wages have. I mean, we have a really good tool. We work with Economic Modeling Systems, Inc. Um, to look at what is specifically Houston area. We don't make decisions based off of national labor data anymore. We used to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that when I was first here. All of our products had national labor data. We got new labor data. Um, that has specifically the, the what we call the Gulf Coast metro area. That's our sort of greater governmental area in in uh, Houston. But we take the actual starting salary for Houston area and the median salary for the area and the top salary. And that's something we go show to students. And we say, hey, you're going to start on this job at this much. We're not just going to tell you the median. You can move up here. And this is, this is locally. And that actually, that played a role in Harris County back to work as well. Because when I looked at all 18 programs we had done. Um, I want to see if I can pull it up here real quick. I know it's not really something you can see on a podcast. Um, but when we looked at the total uh, amount of classes and we looked at sort of um, how many students were in each class by major. So we had this many classes, this many completers. Um, I kind of created a created kind of a tracker for this where I could see, okay, we had this many students that whose starting wage was, uh, you know, 12 bucks an hour. Okay. But we had this many students whose starting wage was $24 an hour. And I could say, all right, at the end of the day, we had an average starting wage of Harris County students um, at $14.79 an hour, but an average median wage of $23.41. So at the end of the day, our total impact based on number of students in programs versus number of students in that what that paid, we can average and see, see kind of what the impact we had for, we tell you, hey, for these 260 students, this is what they're going to be making uh, an hour when they start and when they're at the median job point. So we could show them, this is what we did, right? Because we did this many of this, even though it was a little bit harder, we really brought up the group uh, in that sense and really helped out um, more than maybe some of these really, really fast tracked, more common CE programs might've done. Well, Connor, I, I so appreciate you taking out the time. Is there anything you'd like to add about you know, measuring and communicating the value of the community impact work that you and your team do? I think kind of a thing you have to keep in mind um, when you're at a community college is really making sure people are aware of what you're doing. And I really, it seems simple. Yeah, of course. But, you know, this is, this is on their, you know, tax statement every year. The community college district is going to show up on their assessment of value. I don't know where every product, I know that for, for my area in Texas, appraisals are coming out right now and people are going to see that and wonder, hey, what is my money going towards? Mm-hmm. And so I think we do a really good job as a college, you know, marketing that Lone Star College is doing good things and getting it out there that this is what your value is buying. But we also, you know, try to find these creative ways to do, uh, you know, good things for people. Something we're exploring right now is, you know, a, a local school district said, hey, we have these workforce labs at the school district. We're doing our own CE training right here in schools. But why don't you come in here at nights and see if you can just offer classes to parents? You know, partnerships like that are something we're exploring more and more to see, hey, here's something that people have paid for with their tax dollars. Here's what they're doing. How can we open this up to more people or a bigger population um, 
and again, it's it's all about partnering, right? How can we partner with this with that uh, with this group, whether it's an ISD or community-based organization, um, to get more people aware of what we do and why um, this is something valuable for them. So I think you know Lone Star College has pretty good brand recognition in the area, um, but that's something I encourage other CE units or other just really colleges in general to pay attention to. Is it's not just your enrollments, it's not just your numbers. You want to make sure people know the value of what you're doing and help make sure you can justify when you ask for these things, if you try to do bonds, whatever it is, um, you know, make sure they're aware and try to find ways to get them in there. You know, we did bus tours uh, for high schools all the time where they can come in, they can see, they can walk through. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's a marketing tool for us, but really it's a way for people to be aware of that. Yes, these things are happening. And, and yes, we're, we're, you're getting a return on your investment when you invest in community college. Awesome. Connor, it's always a pleasure, man. I'm so glad we had the opportunity to do this. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it, Amrit. This episode is brought to you by Modern Campus in partnership with The Evolution. Modern Campus empowers higher ed institutions to thrive when radical change is required to deal with lower student enrollments and revenue, rising costs, crushing student debt, and even school closures. Powered by the industry's only student-first modern learner engagement platform, Modern Campus supports every corner of the modern institution, from continuing and workforce education, to student affairs, to the registrar's office, to marketing and IT. To find out more on how you can transform your institution to meet the needs of the modern learner, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.